welcome to the Leading Through the Enneagram podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Prince. Together, we will explore how the Enneagram typology system applies to leadership. We interview leaders that share their Enneagram journey and how it's impacted the way they lead in their organizations, in their communities, and in their personal lives. This first episode is going to be about my Enneagram journey. And I call it a journey because it is truly not a destination. So when you discover your type, there is no trophy at the end of the line. What I really want people to do is explore who they are on a regular basis and connect it back to the Enneagram, but also to help them relate to other people in a different way and continuously grow through it in that regard. So it was about four years ago that I was sitting with a group of friends and someone asked if I had gone down the Enneagram rabbit hole yet. She explained it was a personality system and it was really insightful for her. And my first reaction was, oh great, another personality assessment. I mean, I have done them all. I did DISC, Myers-Briggs, StrengthsFinder, Colby, Energy Leadership, you name it. And I had a packet of paper printed in a drawer telling me about my behaviors. And they really weren't all that meaningful for me. So I went home because I am a curious person. One of my strengths on StrengthsFinder is curiosity. And so I went home, Google searched Enneagram, started it with an I because I had no idea what I was doing, and then discovered that it's spelled with an E. And I found the test that she had recommended and I took it and it came back and said that I was a three, the achiever. And I read through some of it and thought, okay, yeah, some of this is true. Yeah, this makes a little bit of sense, especially because at the time I was in a big period of growth. But then I got to the core motivator and what makes the Enneagram different is that it digs into the motivations or why we're behaving the way we're behaving, not just the behaviors. And so the core motivator for the three is wanting to be seen as someone that is valuable to distinguish themselves from others, to be admired or to impress others. That couldn't have been further from the truth. In fact, I would run from that all day long, especially in adolescence and early adulthood. So I became a further skeptic, threw it in the drawer and was like, okay, no different than all the others. Over the next few months, I just kept getting nudged to circle back. I was listening to podcasts that would talk about the Enneagram. I was listening to friends have conversations around the Enneagram and talk about how it affected their leadership or their marriage or the way they parent. I was in Starbucks one day and the people behind me were talking about the Enneagram. And I finally was like, all right, I give. I will jump into this thing. I'll explore it more. I really feel like I should listen to these nudges. So I started reading a few mainstream books and then got into a few of the headier books around the Enneagram and then started listening to podcasts. And I really focused in on listening to other people be interviewed about their type. And at this point, I was really confused. I had no idea what type I was. I actually thought I was a little bit of all the types, which in hindsight, knowing what I know now should have pointed me in the direction of being a nine, but I did not know that. So I started observing myself on a regular basis, started bringing myself out of that autopilot mode, out of the subconscious and started bringing things up to the consciousness. And I'd reflect on childhood, connect things back to that, early adulthood, 
and start to just connect how I looked in stress and how I looked in growth. So it was about a year into this journey that I was listening to a podcast where an Enneagram 9 was being interviewed. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I actually had to pull my car off to the side of the road. It felt like she had been watching me (laughs) my whole life and describing to the world what I couldn't articulate or that I was asleep to. So then I started connecting. Oh my gosh, I look like a three in growth. That's why my test results came back as a three. And yes, I can look like that when I'm growing. And oh my gosh, the six in stress. I go to the six in stress where I get more anxious and worried. And oh my gosh, that made total sense for me too. So my default operating system, my type nine-ness is to really remain comfortable and to create as much internal peace as I could get my hands on. Now, this is a huge realization in my leadership role at the time because you can't really run from conflict and be in a zen-like state at all times in leadership. So I learned to tap into my eight-wing I was very intentional about it. I actually, because I knew the Enneagram, I said, oh, I have close access to this. I can actually be assertive and have healthy conflict. And so I started using that eight wing a little more and then a little more. And I started asking and being more assertive and asking for what I wanted at work and at home. And you'll never guess what? It worked. I started getting more of what I wanted and what I was asking for. And people started to see me as a more mature leader. So I also started to recognize what stress looked like in the workplace, which is a really important piece. I talked to a lot of clients around this. And sometimes they get confused about their type because we live in such a stressful world today and a lot of stressful work environments that they actually think the way they look like in stress is their core type. So that's an interesting thing to look at too, if you're still deciding where you think you land on the Enneagram. One of the things that I love about that is when you start to recognize your stress and the behaviors and the things that are coming out with it in stress, you can start to call a timeout sooner and sooner and you can get yourself back to center before you show back up for your people in your organization or for yourself or for your family at home. So one of the things that I really love about the Enneagram is the growth path. So it is not putting you in a box. In fact, it's actually doing the opposite. It's saying, here's your default operating system. Here's where you live. Now we're going to take the lid off this box and we're going to cut the sides off and we want you to grow and develop over through the things that maybe aren't serving you anymore. So I think that's an important thing is evaluating what's working in my life and what's not. And how can I shift gears based on what I now know on the Enneagram? One of the things that I love about the Enneagram is the levels of development. And it's something that's not talked about a lot in the in you know mainstream Enneagram talk. So I want to talk about that. I think it's really important for leadership as well to understand that there are nine different levels of development within your type. And so when you've discovered your type, you can see what you can look like in health. You can see what you look like in the average space or in autopilot. And you can see what you look like when you're unhealthy. And so I use this as a personal check-in to say, okay, this is where I showed up today. It can fluctuate even within the hour and you can move along those levels of development. But I, I like to measure where I show up on that particular day, how I started my day, how I ended my day and what happened in between and how do I get less of what 
help me show up in a more average space and more of what helps me show up in a healthy space. So one of the beautiful things about that is I think it articulates for you what it means to be the best version of yourself, specifically based on your type versus just saying, I want to be the best version of myself. That can be a tough thing to really articulate or hone in on. So I love that aspect of the Enneagram. And it's one that I think is under utilized, especially from a personal reflection standpoint. If you're exploring your type, or maybe you're like me, you're a bit of a skeptic, you think the Enneagram some type of voodoo or horoscope, this sucker is deep. And there is a lot of evidence in the psychology community to prove that it is a useful tool when used correctly. So here's some suggestions. If you are still exploring your type or you don't know which test to take, you don't necessarily have to take a test. I always invite people to invite or to explore all the types. But one thing that can be really helpful is starting with the stances. So the stances are basically just your social response to others. So really think back, not in the current season of your life, but who you were when you were about 16 to 20 years old. Did you show up for other people in more of an assertive way where you asked for what you wanted and needed and that wasn't a challenge for you? If that's the case, I would explore the three sevens and eights. If you move independent of others, that's another big, big key that you may be a three, seven, or eight. So you don't necessarily need others in order to move throughout the world. The ones, twos, and sixes move towards others. So tend to to need others in their world in order to effectively respond socially. And the fours, fives, and nines tend to withdraw from others. They tend to get more of what they need internally. So this helped me to narrow my type because withdrawing was absolutely and still is absolutely true for me. And so when I discovered the stances, which was later on in my Enneagram journey, that made a lot of sense for me that I do do withdraw from others and I do get a lot of what I need from myself internally. So the other question I would say to ask yourself is, what do you look like in stress and growth? I think it's important to connect those lines. They are based on human psychology. So you you know have some close connections to those. And I think that that can be helpful in that discovery journey. Had I looked at the lines and saw what nines looked like and what they looked like in stress, that would have shortened the amount of time it took me to discover I was a nine. Lastly, I invite you to explore all the types. So my not knowing my type or being confused was really a gift. I learned about all the unique ways that people show up in the world and it created some insta-compassion for them. Their reactions or behaviors just stopped being about me. I didn't say, oh my gosh, what did I do wrong to this person? In fact, I started to learn that it had nothing to do with me. It was their stuff to carry, their stuff to heal. And I also think it was important for me to recognize that there is no normal. So we all show up differently based on our own experiences. And I went from being judgmental towards other people to really valuing our differences and learning that we need all types of ways that people show up in the world. So I want everyone to remember as I talk through this, that the human personality is more complex than just nine numbers, or there's technically 27 because there's subtypes, but we'll talk about that in future episodes. 
But the human personality is much more complex than that. I've actually coached people that have had little T trauma, big T trauma in their lives, and they shifted gears from a personality perspective. So think of personality as just a life strategy. And when it's no longer working for us, we make changes. Okay. So I just want people to be reminded that you are a unique being and developing self-wisdom is a lifelong journey. So no one knows you like you know you. No one can type you but you. So I hope you have a wonderful journey. It is lifelong. And if you are just starting with the Enneagram or if you are well-versed in the Enneagram, this podcast will focus in on people that have used this powerful tool to not only improve their lives as leaders and the people that they lead, but also to improve their personal lives through relationships in personal and and in community. Thanks for joining. Hey, hey, thanks for joining me as we jam on the gram. Remember, there are seven days in the week and someday isn't one of them.